Is that just what their eyes look like, or do they have weird glasses on? Well, it's Robot Danielle. She's back. Is it Robot Danielle? Yeah. No, you're cutting out. Oh, I'm Robot Danielle. I am Robot Danielle. <laughs> talking to you like a robot. All right. Well, that's enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough of that video, I mean. You, either way. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Book Retorts. I'm Sam. I'm Danielle. And this is the podcast about sharing your weird media finds with your friends who don't know what you're talking about. Me. That's you, Danielle. You don't know what I'm talking about, and I'm really glad you don't. Yep. I really don't this time, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's most of the time, Danielle. That's like, true. I'm way more likely to ask you if you've seen or heard, read something than you are to ask me. I don't know if that says more about like my media consumption or yours. <laughs> I think it means that you've seen too much. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen things I cannot forget No Maybe I have more anxiety about it than you do uh, That's possible I just figure if you've seen it uh, Whatever it's, You'll probably forget it anyway <laughs> That's true See you don't forget the things Dating back to an earlier conversation Where Sam doesn't forget things than I do I forget well, You remember my recall of Bury Me Deep And how atrocious that was in that one bonus So That was pretty good Yeah You mean pretty terrible I think it was great. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right. Well, we're not here to talk about any of those things. I have brought for you today, Danielle, an extra special treat. It is the 1983 animated feature from Canada, Rock and Rule. Yay! <laughs> the cult classic, Rock and Rule. Is it a cult classic? Canadians. Yeah, well <laughs> Hit us up. Let us know. <laughs> I don't think it was exclusively Canadian. I think it was like one of the Canadian production partnership things. Anyway, point is, it's basically the best way I can find to describe it is like a PG-13 version of heavy metal. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about at all? Nope. <laughs> the heavy metal animated movie. All right. Wow. We have no reference point for this, do you? <laughs> okay. Let me try again. It's like a PG-13 rock-based version of Cool World without the real-life parts. Okay. Got it. I mean, it has the same, like, animation style uh, as maybe Cool World does, at least in the all-cartoon. This is this is a, a fruitless endeavor. I'm just going to do the summary, Danielle, and we'll take it from there. <laughs> Excellent. Carry on. All right. Here you go. Oh, one-liner. And it says, A malevolent rock star kidnaps a singer to force her to participate in the summoning of a demon, and her band must help her stop him. It sounds like something I would watch or read. <laughs> yeah. Does you? I mean, you said one-liner, but Danielle, that's everything you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That was a, that was a well-done one-line. Good job, writer. All right. So, Rock and Rule opens with rock music, as you might expect, over the opening credits. I would hope so. Yeah. What's even the point otherwise? And the first... Things that come up after the title are with songs by Cheap Trick, Debbie Harry, and Lou Reed with Iggy Pop and a special performance by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Did they blow their budget on the music? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> to be fair, it is well animated. Like, it is not a cheaply animated movie. So, I don't know where all the budget went or how much it cost. I did not look that up. They put a lot into it, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I'd be curious. That's some good singing groups. You recognize at least two of them. Uh, I recognized all of them, I think. Okay, well done you, Danielle Goldstar. 
You, you seemed rather nonplussed was all. It was just a lot of famous people in one Canadian movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, we'll get to it. But it's mostly like, actually, it's a lot of them. They all do a lot of work in this. It's impressive. So the next thing that comes up is some text scroll with narration. And I'm just going to read it verbatim because, boy, is it crazy? And it dumps a lot at you. So here we go. The war was over. The only survivors were street animals, dogs, cats, and rats. From them, a new race of mutants evolved. That was a long time ago. Mock, a legendary super rocker, has retired to Ohm Town. There, his computers work at deciphering an ancient code which would unlock the doorway between this world and another dimension. Obsessed with his dark experiment, Mock himself searches for the last crucial component, a very special voice. <laughs> you got all that? There's so much in that. Yeah, yeah. Do you need to unpack that for a minute, Danielle? Do you want to go through it again? Are there are the characters animals? Yes. Okay. But like humanoid animals, anthropomorphic Right, right, animals. right. Of course. I don't know. Is I didn't expect them. To, I didn't know. Oh, I didn't expect them to be animals, so it really threw me off. <laughs> yeah, no, that I was like, why is that a reason? <laughs> I thought maybe they were humans. Okay. Nope. So animals. There's a big war. But there's still there rock was a music. War. The war is long done, but like the entire economy is now based. No, no, it's not. Then the war is not relevant. It's just why the world exists now. It's like post-apocalyptic. And post-apocalyptic, but there's build. rockers. Yeah, super rock rockers, music Danielle. doesn't super die. Rockers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm caught up. Let's go. <laughs> this, is a, this, is a, this is a rock and roll post-apocalypse, Danielle. Think like Mad Max with electric guitars actually it was pretty much fury road it's like <laughs> tina turner in that one <laughs> no no that's beyond thunderdome which is also a uh, great i guess there is just rock and roll at all post what, I mean. what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> so i guess i guess there's nothing to catch you up on danielle it all makes sense perfect i'm here I'm ready talking animals Rock and roll. Kind of. So we cut to a room with a bunch of luggage where some henchmen lament not being able to find what the boss wants. Then the boss demands one more show in the town. So the hench, whose name is Toad, and that's the last time I'll mention his name because it doesn't matter, <laughs> goes to get the car and drives off. The boss, Mock, presumably, because we were introduced to him earlier, then asks the computer for a report. And the computer says his record sales are dropping, which angers Mock. So... He's very concerned with his record sales, also causing the apocalypse. So these are his two goals in life. And they seem like they'd be in conflict, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm not mock. <laughs> this is like when vampires want to destroy all of humanity. <laughs> right. Like, that's your food supply, dude. That's a dumb idea. <laughs> mock then asks the computer to show him the Armageddon key, which is a hologram that looks like a purple and pink rainbow in the shape of a triangular Mobius strip. So oh, okay. there you go. <laughs> That's the Armageddon key. Don't ask me what it is. So it's not an actual key. It's no. Just, it's a hologram. It's a hologram representation of the key, maybe? I don't know. Maybe it's so just So does like he a, not have the key, or does he have the key? The key seems to be conceptual, Danielle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he needs a voice to destroy the to world? No, so the computer has not finished decoding the key, it says, but the computer insists it still needs a living voice that will open the door, allowing the being through into their world. And the computer, she designed a ring to identify that voice that Mach is now wearing. Okay, so Mach has a ring that <laughs> yep. has to hear the voice in order to open the key or open no, the lock. No, the ring is just there to find the person whose voice will be 
able right. to open the key. That's what I just said. No, the, the, well, the ring doesn't have to hear the voice open the key. He just has to find the voice. The ring is just like a detector. So it detects the person who would have the voice. Yes. Okay. How? <laughs> <laughs> and why does only one voice open whatever this thing is? Danielle, all excellent questions. <laughs> this movie does not care. <laughs> but those are important things. We are like 30 seconds into this I movie. I know. <laughs> Struggling. <laughs> this movie is – I wish I could like – I'm going to do my best to describe some scenes to you, but this is a very visually lush movie. Like obviously it's not like Ralph Bakshi crazy, but it is – very, you know, the, uh, the the visuals and the trippiness of it is more important than the plot. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, but I got it. But the point is, her voice, whoever this person is, has like the right frequency, blah, 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 to resonate. And it does some explanation in the movie I, I left out because it's just nonsense. It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Mock has been clearly going off to different shows to try to see if his magic ring could detect the right person's voice so he could identify them. So the car pulls up to a bar, I guess. It's just got a giant sign that says Talent Night. So I guess it's a exclusively Talent Night bar. Inside the dressing room, there are two people rehearsing and they look like rat people, like they have long noses and, and well, sort of long noses and big ears. And I totally forgot about the whole like mouse, rat, dog, cat thing from the opening seconds of the movie already. Wait, what did they say about it? What do you mean, what did they say about it? Did they say something specific about those creatures or just that? It's just it that was... they are the ones who took over the world after the end of the big war. Oh, yeah, I forgot that too. <laughs> yeah, see? It... <laughs> there was so much else going on. Yes, exactly. Like, there was like so much more that I had to like, wait, Armageddon key, magic ring. Like, what? And they don't show you any of the other characters. Like, these are all just voices and shadows at the beginning because you don't get to see them. Until now is their first chance to see any of these characters and they're rat people or mouse people. I don't know. And you think that this would all be relevant somehow to, like, the society or, like, a caste system or whatever. It's not. It doesn't matter at all. They're just rat people because they wanted rat people. And maybe it was just what they could draw. So they were like, well, we'll just say they took over the world. <laughs> it seems like it would be harder to draw rat people than, like, human people. And, like, some of them look a lot more like rats, whereas the protagonists look way less like rat people, more like humans. So you can identify with them better, probably. Interesting choice. Yeah. So um, it's just, again, this movie makes a lot of choices for style, I think, more than, than like, oh, this has a plot-relevant reason or world-building reason. It's just there because it looks cool. So there you go. Got it. All right. So the dude, Omar, is rocking out on the guitar and the lady there, whose name is Angel, is all, hey, so if we do two songs, uh, one can be yours and one can be mine, right? And Omar agrees. But Angel's like, I'm trusting you, Omar. Don't – let's do this. We're going to do one of each of our songs. That's not what happens. Danielle, of course not. Why would they be talking <laughs> about if I did? <laughs> So apparently, Dizzy and Stretch, the other band members, are held up at an arcade playing a holographic screen-based arcade machine because 80s, I guess. Arcades were big then. They were a thing. They were in the 90s, too. <laughs> yep. So Angel and Omar collect them, and they get on stage, and we cut to the stage, and there's a rat MC that introduces them as the last act of the night, which, sure. And here we come into the first song of the movie. Clearly not sung by the actors, I think. I think it's performed by Cheap Trick and uh, Debbie Harry instead, but what do I know? You didn't look it up. <laughs> I mean, and I know that they're the people who wrote the song. I don't know if they actually do the performances in the in the movie or not. Mm -hmm. I assume they overdubbed the 
actors uh, instead of the actors actually trying to sing cheap tricks vocals. Right. So there'll be a lot of songs. I'll be sharing a lot of their lyrics with you because they're amazing and written specifically for this movie. <laughs> but I'll just briefly, this one is not as interesting. It's all about how he hates this town and everything sucks. Because, you know, standard kind of, oh, everything sucks rock song. But the best part of the song is where Omar starts sensuously singing, like, and touching his body and singing, you're so pretty, just over and over again. And there's, like, this one rat lady in the audience who might be the only person in the audience. She's the only person they drew in the audience. (laughs) (laughs) And she is, like, super into it. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm so pretty. Yeah, you're talking to me, Omar. (laughs) And then he breaks into the chorus, which goes... I hate you and I hate this town. And she is crestfallen. Oh, <laughs> poor rat lady. It's so, like the whole thing. Oh, you're so pretty. And then it goes, you're pretty useless. And then like, I hate you and I hate this town. And it's like, did she not like hear the rest of the song and how angry <laughs> it was? I was wondering how it tied in when you said it was about hating everything. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's a nice little switcheroo there, Omar. At this point, the MC cuts them off and like drops the curtain. And then he's backstage talking to them. He's like, give me one good reason why you should let them finish the set. And Omar like threatens to beat him with his guitar, which works, I guess. Did they just not like the song because it was dark? I don't know, Danielle. The MC is just like, not nah, cutting them off. And he just does it. That seems weird. Yeah. So Omar insists that they do the same song again because that clearly went over so well the first time. Uh-huh. And Angel's like, uh, no, we had an agreement. And he just ignores her and just starts playing his song. And so Angel ignores him and starts playing her song on her keytar, which she is rocking because, of course, <laughs> she's rocking the keytar. And because she's playing the keytar, she's clearly the leader of the band or should be. Oh, uh, yeah, obviously. Come on now. Obviously, keytar's the best. <laughs> Why would you work with this dude? <laughs> We'll get to that, maybe. It may make less sense later. Oh, good. So her song is a yearning love song by Debbie Harry and Cheap Trick, and it goes like this. Oh, what will the signal be for your eyes to see me, watching offside as they wait just in case you need me, so I still will set the stage, send my thoughts to you, I'm receiving every wave that sent love, sent love through, you know, love's not what you think, too weak to stand, on like quicksand, in which you sink. Love is anything you make it. How can I let you feel my love? Feel me. And still feel free. So, there you go. Okay. (laughs) I am here for all the 80s songs. Sorry, they're great. Omar is incensed at her just breaking her own song and the other band members are following her along with that because she has the guitar. Obviously, she's in charge. Obviously. He stares back at her before, you know, stalking off stage in a huff. Do they even need him? He can just walk off the stage and they can yeah. still go on with their song? I don't know why they, they kept Omar around. He seems to be a hothead whose songs kind of don't resonate with the audience. Choices. Meanwhile, Mock, who is in the audience, calls over the MC, who is extremely obsequious before Mock. And then the burly hench hauls him bodily into a seat next to Mock. Is Mock in the audience because he's hoping to find the person whose voice will open yes, his key? Yes, of course. Okay. Yes, Absolutely. The MC asks if this has to do with his worldwide talent search, and Mock just says nothing, and the guy just keeps babbling on and on. Then there's a spoken word part of the song that cuts in at this point, and it goes, Now I have revealed exactly why I'm here. I'll be your angel if you want to see how perfect sharing love with an angel can be. (laughs) So, thanks for the thesis statement there, angel. (laughs) Mock is enthralled. And then his ring starts going like bonkers and like blinking. It took that long for it to go off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like halfway through the song, if not yeah. farther. Yeah, yeah. His ring starts blinking and it sounds like an alarm, like a whoop, whoop. Like, that's not very subtle. Like, why is this like vibrate or something? Why do you got to make a big production out of it? <laughs> 
Like, if I was anyone else down to be like, what's that guy's ring freaking out of? He's ruining the set. That's crazy. That is, what if he just was like in the voice? He was, what if he was around the voice for like 10 seconds and it didn't go off? So he just moved on because <laughs> it took so long for it to like actually warm up to it. He needs a full song, Danielle. That's the whole point. Okay. I, I guess, I guess maybe the, yeah, maybe the future voice recognition technology isn't <laughs> as good as Bond. I don't know, Danielle. <laughs> It's there so the ring can make a, a dramatic blinky light and noise. Of course. So he was enthralled with her like he wants to bang her or like he was into her voice or? Uh, definitely the voice. You sure? I, <laughs> boy, it gets into that a little bit. Um, we'll, we'll get into that, I'm I realize sure. this is a kid's movie. I'm just. It's not a kid's movie. It's PG only because PG-13 didn't exist back then. Oh, good to know. Okay, then did he want a banger? <laughs> Again, I don't think so. It doesn't really come up. This movie is weirdly sexual. We'll get to that. But it seems like he's just really, like, stoked to finally have his search over. Of course. And so as he starts applauding, the MC uh, is like, oh, yeah, I told you, this band is on its way to fame and fortune. And we cut to backstage now. The MC bursts into the dressing room going, I loved it. And so did my personal friend, the only hometown rocker to have a record go gold, platinum, and plutonium in one day. Mock. So a little backstory on Mock there for you. He's super fancy, famous. Oh, yeah. He's like the super rocker. Who wants to destroy the world? Yeah, actually, yes. <laughs> so Stretch is afraid of Mock. He's like, oh my gosh, he's gonna like curse me or put a hex on me. But the MC, who I guess is also taking over as like the manager of the band for something, like assigned himself to be their manager to like negotiate the deals, like, I'll work it up. Who's your lead singer? And Stretch and Dizzy are like, oh, it's Omar. No, it's, it's Angel. And they can't agree. And the MC's like, okay, we'll call it a duo. Great. Perfect. And he walks off. So the MC up to this point was not their manager. I do not understand the relationship between the MC and these people. I don't know if he ever spoke to them before. Like, he had just literally cut them off mid-act, like, throw them off stage earlier until the whole second shenanigans happened. Weird. Yeah. Uh, his, his relationship to the band is unclear. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Omar is outside the door brooding and overhearing all of this. They all leave, but can't find Angel. So Dizzy and Stretch try to convince Omar to sing with Angel. Like, hey, maybe we could be a duo. We can work together. And meanwhile, Mark's car is driving through the dilapidated streets, scaring random people who are going through the trash. It's all very post-apocalyptic, run-down kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. The band, Sans Angel, continue this conversation in the beater car they have, while Mock supposedly follows them, only to fake out it's not Mock, it's just some cop car that also cuts them off and then drives off. It's irrelevant. I don't know why this is here. <laughs> I think it's mostly here so you can get a tour of the city and establish the aesthetics of the movie. Right. So Omar then gets out of the car and walks away. We cut to Angel, sitting on the street near a fountain, brooding. A lot of brooding in this movie. Looking forward to it. And then Omar it. comes up and she tells him to buzz off. How did he find her? <laughs> Maybe he used his locator ring. <laughs> no, only Mock has that, Danielle. <laughs> I shall be clear, it's Mock, M-O-K, in case you were wondering. Of course. Of course. Anyway, he tells her that he came by to say that she was good, and he walked out because everything got a little weird, and he just wants it all. And he's just like, yes, I want it all too, but it takes time. And they walk off with their arms around each other into the night. So they've made up. Yeah. Then we see that Mock had been spying on them the whole time from his car. This movie makes me dizzy with how quickly it like cuts around and moves. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Mock... Got out of his car and walked away or something. No, that was Omar, who walked, oh, okay. up and walked away and then walked straight to Angel, apparently, at their predestined rendezvous at the fountain. <laughs> Got it. 
Maybe that's a place she goes often to sure. sit and think. I mean, possibly. I do not have an answer to that question, Danielle. I was just trying to help along the plot. So we cut to them in the car, parked, having sex, clearly, or at least the implication is there, because the car is rocking. Angel? Yeah. Oh, that's why they're together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> now we know why. She puts up so with him. So mid-makeout, one of the henchers like pulls the door open and hands Angel an invitation to meet with Mock, and then he walks away, they go back to having sex. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, cool, thanks. <laughs> like, oh, this is really exciting, I'll take it, and then- you know, like, this is a great Omar. It's a big opportunity. And they go and they go at it. Well, they were excited. Yeah. Cut to them going up to Mock's castle slash home. The whole band is there. Omar is a bit sour on Mock. Clearly, he's jealous and decides he's going to stay in the car while the rest go in. He's going to potentially ruin his big chance just because yeah. he's a little jealous of Angel. Yeah, absolutely. Why is she with this dude? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> So they knock on the door, and just as the door opens and the hench appears, Omar like, pops up and is like, Hey, Mock, so great to meet you. Heard so much about you. I'm Omar. Like, he just suddenly is all, like, smiles and plying him with, with charm. Drop him. And he's just, like, constantly talking so quickly. The guy's like, I'm, I can't try to tell him he's not Mock. And he's like, he doesn't want to hear. just like, oh, so good to hear you, Mock. I'm also a musician. You know, we can do a lot of good work together. And then the other hench comes in. And he's like the brother, they look the same. And, and Omar continues to be like, oh, it's Mock's brother. Oh. And then the guy finally like, tell him, I'm not Mock. He's like, oh, sorry. And he's all like put out. And a few details I should mention. The henches, of course, are big and burly. And mm-hmm. they're all wearing roller skates. Because? Because they are roller henches, Danielle. That is why. <laughs> they're roller henches. They don't have a reason henches. to wear roller skates otherwise. Because <laughs> it was the 80s. Everybody just wears roller skates in the 80s. Just all the time. All the time. I cannot tell you how delighted I was to learn these were roller hedges, Danielle. It was so good. I was so happy. I was like, why aren't all hedges wearing roller skates all the time? Just everywhere they go. Do they ever give any reason as to why they're nope. wearing roller skates? They're just perfect. They're roller hedges. It's their thing. It's like, you know how in, I, I don't know, like uh, warriors or whatever, they have like gangs that have the little thing, like they sometimes wear red coats, like these are like the roller gang or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, they get there much faster than the non-roller gangs. I know. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. So a third hench comes in, also on roller skates. I should say glides in. Ooh. <laughs> and Odd takes them all to the mock sitting room. And then Mock appears in a show of lightning, and he's a David Bowie type, and I love him. <laughs> he's like a creepy old David Bowie. It's great. And he's always doing like magic tricks, like changing sizes or illusions or things. It's so weird. So he sweet talks Angel a bit, and Omar interrupts with smart remarks, and then Mock calls for the Edison balls, as he's sure they're into reaching new levels of consciousness. So drugs? Drugs. Yeah, drugs, Daniel. The drugs. <laughs> And Omar's like, oh, yeah, we're into that kind of stuff, sure. And he, like, gives one to Omar while he takes Angel out for a stroll in the garden. The Edison ball is obviously drugs, and Omar is into it and soon stretches subdued by one, two. Like, they go completely zonked out. But Dizzy has snuck off to go find Angel, as he has a bad feeling about this. Oh, yeah, really? He drugs one guy and takes Angel off into the gardens. He's like, oh, this seems suspicious. <laughs> yeah, no, it's much creepier and less creepy. It's creepy in a different way than you're thinking. No. <laughs> In the garden, Mock says that all his riches pale in comparison to what he really wants. An audience that can accept and understand the power of magic. My magic. So he wants to be a magician. 
Okay, so he is not only a rocker, super rocker, but he's a super rocker, and he's also Please. trying to destroy the world or like <laughs> yes. merge with or get to another dimension. Correct? No, he's trying to bring in some destructive creature from another dimension. Okay, so he's trying to bring in a destructive creature from another dimension, and what was it you just said? <laughs> He wants an audience that can accept, understand the power of and magic. And he wants to be an amateur magician. So I don't. I think the destructive creature is his magic. Like it'll be like a proof of how powerful and awesome his magic is. So he wants to use his magic that he has for some reason uh-huh. to bring on a destructive monster to destroy the world or rule it. It's very unclear at this point. <laughs> Trying to follow along. No, Danielle, you're absolutely right to question what's happening because the movie is like, it, it's happening. Just go with it. It movie does, does have, not care. Is this like fantastical? Do other people have magic? No, no one else has magic. It's <laughs> just him. As far as I can tell, he is the one magic creature that we run into. How? <laughs> he found the Armageddon key. With the, I don't know. Is he also a rat or something? Yeah, he's also a mouse rat person. Okay. Again, I I think the henches are dogs. I don't think we ever see a cat. At least if we did, I missed it. Okay. The animals are irrelevant, really. They could have just done people who would define. I was just trying to imagine him. Think like a wrinkly David Bowie rat. Got it. <laughs> right. Perfect. Not as hard to imagine as you would assume. I know. It's a great description. <laughs> it's perfect. I was so delighted with him. He also then pushes a button on a wall... And the roller henches, which are in a separate, like, observation room, seem to be, like, recording them or watching them or something. Like a control room. I don't know. He then pulls a disappear and reappearing act. Like, he vanishes and reappears somewhere else down the garden. And he rants about how his last show didn't sell out. And he can show them real power with her and her voice. And she's like, great. I'm sure my band would love this. He's like, no, no, no. My contract has room for only one signature. Angel's like, no, I, I, the band is, we're a package deal. But Mock tells her she needs to ditch them for success. Okay. So he's like a fading rock star? He's like Who's seeking mostly power. retired. Like he is still the biggest name in rock. But like apparently his last concert didn't sell out entirely. But everyone is still fawning over him. Like, oh my gosh, it's Mock. Everyone's still amazed by him. He's still like the biggest name in rock. Okay. So I don't know why. He, he, I think it's a pretense to get the demon to be made. Like he's trying to convince her to sign with him because, oh yes, my last concert didn't sell out. So I need a new voice. Although his real aim is the demon. Got it. Again, that's me guessing. Man, the spot's wily. <laughs> yeah, it is slippery. It's mostly an excuse to string together some music videos. <laughs> I also want to take a moment here to talk about how trippy this scene is. Like, at one point, as Mock is talking, a butterfly lands in Angel's hands and the, and the wings open up and it's Mock's face talking in the back of the butterfly. <laughs> 80s, man. Uh, yeah. And then there's just like this laser light show while they're talking. Like, she's like, no, I won't do it. And he's like, you are not going to sign? He's like, well, that's too bad. And like it's like that, that 80s laser grid thing going on. <laughs> and how this all happens... I don't know. Maybe he has hologram projectors in his garden. He's magic, okay? What does it matter? (laughs) Fair enough. Anyway, Angel refuses to sign without her band. The laser light show then coalesces into a floating flower that Angel reaches out to grasp. Then, at Mach's cue, one of the roller henches pushes a button in the control room that causes, like, tentacles to shoot out of the flower into Angel's face. Okay. We then cut to her passed out on the floor while Mach instructs the henches to show out the others. Why didn't he just, like, kidnap her or something? He just did. I know, but why didn't he do it without all of these other people present in his house? I mean, I think 
he was fairly convinced that he could convince her to sign with him and it would be like just easy to have a concert and give her a song to sing that would summon the demon. Mm-hmm. Now he has to like try to force her to sing, which is a lot harder than it sounds, I think. Okay. I'm willing to go with that. So Dizzy runs into a roller hench while trying to look for Angel, who throws them out. Meanwhile, Stretch and Omar are still zonked out on Edison Balls, watching a Lou Reed laser music video hologram thing. And the lyrics of the song are just, Triumph! Triumph of the glory! Triumph of the glory of me! Over and over <laughs> again. And it's great. Why didn't he kill the uh, other members of the band? Why release them when they know that he has Angel? We'll get to that. I, you'll see. Okay. <laughs> I think it's just more he doesn't care. Yeah, but, I mean, why why leave the loose ends? He clearly doesn't care about He has a way kind. he thinks to handle those loose ends. Okay. Basically, the hint is, well, the term I say, like, Angel has signed with Mach. She no longer wants anything to do with them. Like, that's the idea. Like, who would who'd ever refuse Mach? Mm-hmm. Anyway, the roller henches start a launch sequence of something as they're throwing out the band members, and they, they bundle Omar and Stretch, pass out of the car, and then toss Dizzy in, and inform Disney that Angel has signed with Mock and is heading to Nuke York, which is top-tier <laughs> pun work, by the way. <laughs> uh, and so... The thing they're launching, which Dizzy sees from the car, is like a Zeppelin, which inflates out of Mock's house. I mean, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, nope, great, perfect. No notes. I want a Zeppelin home, too. <laughs> not the weirdest like, thing that's happened so far. I mean, I don't know, Daniel. It's just a getting there. <laughs> Dizzy watches it leave as the car starts to roll away. Dizzy panics because he can't drive a car and starts, like, driving the car through a series of misadventures until he careens down some stairs into a fountain and they all crash and spill into the fountain. This fresh water causes Stretch and Omar to come to and Dizzy spills the beans about Angel going to Nuke York and he points to the Zeppelin, which is now flying over Ohm City or Ohm Town. Omar is most displeased, like... How dare she abandon us? She was all in it for the money. She's on her own now. That's her ambition for you. That kind of stuff. This is the weirdest relationship. Yeah, yeah. And then he insists that Angel owes them an explanation in person and should go after her. So they're going after her, Daniel, not to save her from Mock, <laughs> but to demand an explanation for why she cut them out of the deal. <laughs> I mean, whatever gets them to her, I guess. I mean, honestly, I think Omar is actually concerned with her. And this is just him putting on a front. Right. But yeah. I would hope. Yeah. So then a cop, whose name is Quad or Quaalude, I don't know, he goes by <laughs> different names, pulls up to arrest them for improper bathing or, or something. So Omar pulls the old Bugs Bunny, well, I'll go get the evidence then. And he's like, no, I'll get the evidence. Like, no, you'll get the evidence. And, oh, you'll get the evidence. Like, oh, I'll go get the evidence. So the cop finally decides that he's going to go get the evidence, right? He's not concerned that there's a car in the fountain. That is the evidence. <laughs> like the smashed up pieces of a car. They, he's trying to cite them for bathing in a fountain when there is a car driven into it the car is like disintegrated into spare parts at this point danielle <laughs> sure why not that's all i got <laughs> yeah this cop is not the most competent because as he goes to get out the evidence the rest of the people steal his car and drive off <laughs> i just don't even understand if you saw a part of a car or a car in the fountain wouldn't you cite them for reckless driving or something <laughs> you didn't see the reckless driving daniel he only saw the improper bathing okay he doesn't know how the car got in there He'd be like, that's not our car. <laughs> well, that's a got in there. Who knows? <laughs> exactly. So they seal the cop car and go on a road trip after Angel, which will be three days to Nuke York. That's a terrible idea. Why? To steal a cop car. Yeah, Maybe well, in the 80s, it probably didn't matter. It probably wasn't <laughs> tracked or anything. <laughs> yeah, no, there wasn't GPS at this time. <laughs> so now we cut to a road trip montage while Cheap Trick plays a new song named I'm the Man. 
Do you want to know the lyrics, Danielle? Of course. Of course you do. Who doesn't? <laughs> the music in this movie is actually amazing. It's great. So the song goes, I can really rock, really rock and roll, and I can't control myself. I'm the man in a rock and roll band. I'm so crazy for you, baby. Yes, I'm the man. I'm the man in a rock and roll band. I'm so crazy for you, baby. Yes, I'm the man. Yes, I am. Those two, those like, I'm so crazy for you, baby, and the rest of the lyrics do not make sense together. He's like talking himself up like, I'm so great. I'm crazy for you. Aren't you lucky to be with me? Because I'm the man. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. No notes. (laughs) Half this movie is just me describing song lyrics to you, and uh, I love it. (laughs) So as they approach Nuke York, they hit a roadblock. Uh, There's been a power blackout, so the city is closed for some reason, I guess. I don't know how this is related, but they're not letting anyone into or out of the city as there's a power blackout. Omar claims to be an Ohm city or an Ohm town inspector with scientists in tow to help. And the cop of the roadblock does not buy this and arrests them. <laughs> Smarter cop than the other one. Oh, easily. Cut to like a garbage truck with alarms driving through the dark city. Uh, the place is a wreck. We see what looks like a mutilated Statue of Liberty, your standard sort of post-apocalyptic New York Vista, or mm-hmm. I guess Nuke York Vista. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We end at a high-rise where Angel is yelling at the roller henches about how they can't keep her there. So they lock her in a room and leave. So I guess they can't keep her there. Yeah, that wasn't very hard. Then a voice from the vent says, you got it, sister. Cinderella knows what you're talking about. <laughs> she can make friends in prison. So... Yet another roller hench falls from the vent. She is the sister of the other roller henches, who again, I think are all giant mutated dogs. And she wears a skirt that's so short, it doesn't even cover her butt. And she's constantly flashing her underwear. I mean, whatever floats her boat. Yeah. Strange choice for this PG movie. (laughs) (laughs) As you pointed out, it didn't have PG-13. Yeah. So she agrees with Angel that her brothers are jerks and then assumes Angel is Mock's new lady friend. Angel's like, oh, yes, I, I, that's just right. And she uses the power of girl talk to convince Cindy <laughs> to help her get out of there through the vents so they can go clubbing together. What a strong power it is. Yeah. Most powerful force in the universe. Girl Form talk. of girl talk. That <laughs> <laughs> girl talk sounds like Danielle I've never heard. That's <laughs> what it sounds like to men. Foo, 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 foo. They're like, what's going on? But my mind... Cannot comprehend these strange female noises. <laughs> Were they jumping up and down on a bed, throwing pillows at each other in their 90s? Oh, boy, that would have been awesome. Unfortunately not. <laughs> That's usually how girl talk goes down. Oh, well, maybe I should attend next time just to observe for scientific reasons. <laughs> That's why you can't hear us, because you're so uh, distracted by the, everything else going on. All the jiggly bits, yeah. <laughs> That's how we plan world domination. That's fine. You can take over the world. You can't do any worse than anyone else. <laughs> That's true. I support this. Better even. <laughs> yeah, undoubtedly, Daniel. <laughs> the bar is low, but we're going to jump right over it. Hey, the patriarchy's done such a bang-up job in all of history so far, right? <laughs> Bring it on, matriarchy. That's right. Anyway, as they're crawling through the vents, they overhear Mock talking to the computer about how Armageddon Key is now fully decoded with Angel's voice. The computer informs Mock that the girl must sing a specific progression of musical notes for reasons that are not made clear. Because <laughs> music... Always makes the world destroy itself? What? I don't understand. <laughs> so to unlock the portal, she needs to sing a specific progression of notes, and only she can sing them because magic voice. Right, right, right. I got that. So Mock is delighted and declares that with the beast, no one can stop him. Stop him from what? 
I don't know. He's already a very rich and powerful, famous super rocker. I don't know what more he wants. Yeah, it feels like we're missing something. Also, how is he going to get her to sing? Danielle, again, that's why he wanted to like do the whole subterfuge thing. But he's trying to come up with a new plan right now. But the computer corrects him that saying no one can stop him is a cliche and that he can't be stopped. There's a force that can send the beast back through the portal by the magic of, quote, one voice, one heart, one song. So uh, okay. <laughs> basically love. Love can defeat the beast. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> love can defeat everything in every movie. I'm so glad the computer described all of this for Angel to hear in the vents. <laughs> <laughs> it was great timing, you have to admit. There's only one thing that can defeat you. Let me detail it <laughs> as loud as possible for anyone nearby to hear. <laughs> That's what you get for relying on AI. Yeah, right? Anyway, the identity of this person who can foil him is unknown, but the computer conducts a search and comes to the conclusion that, quote, no one can send him back, which while Mock assumes he's in the clear, this feels like some Odysseus and the Cyclops stuff, you know? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Like, spoiler, it 100% is. <laughs> like, it's obviously supposed to be like, oh, not one, but maybe two? Can, yeah, does the band have to, like, sing in unison? Again, we'll get to that in the finale. <laughs> it feels like the band just needs to sing together and not be right. arguing. <laughs> why Why is the computer so vague about, like, no one steps, like, no individual or no single person? This is a badly programmed AI is what I'm saying. Because <laughs> it's funnier. The Star Trek computer would never be this lackadaisical with its vocabulary. <laughs> you tell them. That's right. Do your Star Trek computers. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> So Cindy and Angel make it out and grab a cab. The radio blares a commercial that Mock is coming out to do a surprise show at Carnegie Hall. So, cool. I guess you don't have to, like, sign up ahead of time. He's Mock. He can do whatever he wants. I know. Wants. That's just how it works now because of dystopian nightmares. Well, no. It's because he's Mock. If the biggest person in the world decides to do a concert, you're going to let them. <laughs> you're like, sorry, Tina Turner. <laughs> Mock is coming in today. This is like if Tina Turner was a billion times more famous and powerful. Right, I got it, I got it. Which is saying a lot, because Tina Turner's amazing. So anyway, after that little introduction from the cab, we cut to a laser tattoo parlor. That sounds fun. Yeah, sure. Which is run by Dizzy's aunt, who bailed them out of jail after they were nabbed at the barricade. So I guess the punishment for trying to break into Nuke York is to be arrested and released on bail into... Nuke York. York. <laughs> So that makes sense. Good job, <laughs> cops. It's <laughs> funny. Anyway, the aunt tells him that she knows of this person named Cinderella, who might be able to help them, with a tattoo on her butt that the aunt provided. That's how she knows about her. And she hangs out at a certain club, 666. Of course. Meanwhile, the customer of the aunt was just tattooing leaves, then makes a call to the roller henches and spills the beans about, like, there are these people from Ohm City here to make trouble. So they just happen to be somebody... Who knew the roller yeah. henchers? <laughs> yeah, who knew the roller henchers? Who actually was like, hey, this makes up for the last thing I botched, right? We're square now. And the roller henchers like, oh, yeah, sure. Then kills him through the video phone booth anyway. Like, electrocutes him and turns to ash. This is why you're not supposed to talk about private stuff in front of other people. Yeah, you think? <laughs> Just a thought. So as the roller henchers sort of decide to roll out to intercept the Ohm City band, I don't, they don't have a band name that I'm aware of. <laughs> Muck interrupts them, intercepts them, and says, hey, I got an idea. Follow them. Don't interfere. I got a plan. So, Muck's being devious. At the club, the bouncer is shooting lasers at mutants to keep them out. And I thought they were all mutants, so that's confusing. But these are like grosser mutants, I guess, with like extra arms, or like they're gooey, or reptilian. So, 
are they like that's all i got <laughs> are they bad or evil in some way no, or are they, they just, just like the club danielle they just want to party <laughs> that's so sad and cindy is all like you gotta keep them out this place goes straight to heck it's clearly like a caste system or like oh they're the undesirables or something this is depressing yeah it's again not relevant no one else cares about this it doesn't come <laughs> back it's not like the end is about making a more equitable world or anything. none of that matters it's just that yeah, they're just they're the bomb running society and we're keeping it that way yeah so the dancing in the club set to the special performance by earth wind and fire they play their song dance 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 is it actually earth wind and fire i mean it's performing or just the music no, like, just the music. There's no okay. band in, in the thing. <laughs> so I guess it's like this is the one thing Earth, Wind, and Fire does. They play a, a song over the, the dance party in the club. I mean, that's all they need to do. That's right. So Dizzy and Stretch are also there, and they're trying to discreetly locate the lady with the tattoo. So they're like like getting up to people, like looking at their bodies and like trying to find out where, if they have the tattoo. It's all very slapstick. Did she say where the tattoo is located? No, she didn't. Uh, I mentioned it was on the butt, but the aunt did not mention that. Why would you not tell them that? And how would you go about finding that on somebody? Oh, boy. Everyone in this <laughs> dance club, Danielle, is very skimpily dressed. In fact, Dizzy gets completely flashed by a lady in a trench coat at one point. That's, like, really skimpy. Yeah. Now, everything is really skimpy in this in this nightclub, Danielle. It's bonkers. Well, that helps, I guess, if you're trying to find a butt tattoo. Yeah. Well, they don't know it's a butt tattoo, so they don't know where it is. But they're looking everywhere, Danielle. She knew – she put the tattoo on the person. She could have told them that. She could have. But they didn't ask, and she didn't offer, I guess. Dumb. <laughs> Stretch, after, you know, like, going inside the clothes of another person and getting knocked across the club by chance, lands underneath of Cindy and Angel and sees the tattoo on Cindy's butt. So, hey, they found her. Yay! So he runs off to inform Dizzy, who goes to get Omar. Stretch is immediately nabbed by a roller hench. Then Cindy gets up to dance to a song named Hot Dogs and Sushi by Melanie Brown. Sounds like a good song. You want to know the lyrics to Hot Dogs and Sushi, Danielle? I do, actually. More than I want yeah, the yeah. lyrics to the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. The lyrics are insane. This is probably one of my favorite songs in this movie because it's bonkers. It goes, Attach, attack your frontal zone. Sit upon the Empire State. Got you in a mental state. Bloody fool. Don't you know that everything is? No, 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 no. Creeping into Nuke York and up to your sleeves. What you looking for? The girl of your dreams? Looking in the back wing. What do you think you'll find? Hot dogs and sushi. You're not my kind. Please deposit another dime. Your three minutes is up. That sounds very sexual. It's bonkers it's so good and it's like screamed like this is like like a screaming kind of song it's so good <laughs> love it so as the song is going on and, and cindy is dancing angel gets nabbed by another hench another roller hench and then one of the henches makes eye contact with cindy's like hey yeah come home like and she's like, oh fun's over and like slinks off after them she's real bad at getting kidnapped Good at Angel? getting kidnapped? Yeah. <laughs> She's excellent. She gets kidnapped so well, Danielle, you have no idea. <laughs> Multiple times. So Dizzy gets Omar, and they follow the roller henches out of the club, but it's all, like, foggy and bright, and it's, like, a weird abstract thing, so I can't, like, make out anything. And they all get turned around, and then Dizzy gets nabbed, and Omar is confused and disoriented, and then he thinks he sees Angel up on a fire escape and climbs up after her into an abandoned building. And so he's moved through this abandoned building when, surprise, it's Mock. It's Mock. Mock's there. It's easy to mistake Mock for Angel. You can see the- Well, Angel is also there, and she's, like, draped all over him going, oh, I'm with Mock now. What are you doing here, Omar? I don't want to see you. Mm -hmm. Omar screams, 
and runs away, like freaks out about, <laughs> about seeing this, and runs right into the waiting arms of another roller hench. Meanwhile, Mock compliments Angel on her performance because psych is not Angel, it's some random woman in a Mission Impossible style angel mask. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so I had to think back to Mock saying he had a plan. And his plan was, I guess, to go to this nightclub, kidnap Angel, and then have a doppelganger lead Omar and the rest to him so he could kidnap them as well. Which he could have just kept them originally. He could have just kidnapped them all from the club or kept them from the start. Right. None of this makes sense. And he, I mean, did he just make this mask on the fly? <laughs> did he have it made immediately upon meeting Angel? He was like, just I have in no case. Idea. <laughs> he has a magic computer who can decipher the Armageddon key. I guess it can synthesize an Angel mission like impossible. Like a 3D printer. <laughs> yeah. Sure. It's all future tech, like hover cars and stuff. Yeah, I'll go I'm, with it. I'm willing to believe it. Sure. Why not? She has a giant Zeppelin that comes out of his house. What can't he do? <laughs> He's magic. He is magic. It's actually true. So cut to the roller henches in a control room, watching as Mock tries to convince Angel to sing just one song for his show. He insists she sings, or he'll kill all her friends, who are suspended in like a laser ball, like a plasma orb ball screaming, being tortured, I guess. That's how I would have done it from the get-go, instead of letting them go and then having to get them again. Yeah, but they all just came right to him, so it all worked out. <laughs> so she finally agrees to sing, and he stops torturing them, so yay. Now she's going to destroy the world for her friends. Yeah. And maybe boyfriend. Well, certainly hook up. <laughs> <laughs> friends with benefits. Mock then puts the bandmates on a bus back to Ohm Town. Ohm City? I forget which it is. Why wouldn't you keep them until... After she sings. Well, because they've all been brainwashed. They're all like happy and loopy and like, oh yeah, Angel's with Mock now. It's great. I'm so happy for her. This is so amazing. So they're like clearly been reprogrammed. So he has some kind of reprogramming capabilities with his he magic kind computer. Of brainwashing or hypnosis. I don't know, Danielle. Interesting. It doesn't show the process of how that happens. And Angel's like, what'd you do to them? They're altered. I don't like what they've done to them. Bring them back. And he's like, oh, no, they're fine. And you haven't made a, a promise to sing for me. So we must prepare for the show. And so off they go and off she goes. So is her fear that he's going to like re-kidnap them after he's let them go? I don't know, Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> Just now that they now that he's gotten rid of the thing that made her do it, I don't know why she would do it. Yeah. It's a real good question. <laughs> like, why would you keep them leverage? Yeah. Why would you do that? I guess she's honor bound. <laughs> no. <laughs> terrible bad guy. <laughs> well, uh, not so terrible because we cut to a TV news broadcast. A power surge destroyed Carnegie Hall, disrupting Mock's planned concert. Back in Mock's room, he's sulking, talking to his computer. Apparently, the beast destroyed Carnegie Hall, but didn't fully materialize in this dimension because the electrical power supply in Nuke York is insufficient. But, good news, Danielle, guess where there's enough power? Where? Ohmtown, Danielle! They have to go back to Ohmtown? Yeah. So why? Did, how did it destroy Carnegie Hall? So the beast was like in the middle of materializing and managed to destroy Carnegie Hall... But it didn't have enough power to fully materialize, so after that happened, it disappeared. Why was it being summoned to Carnegie Hall? Because that's where the concert was. Yeah, but he hadn't had the concert yet. That was during the concert this happened. Oh, he was having his concert? He did. We, we skipped over that. We didn't get to see the concert, Daniel. We just <laughs> okay. skipped to the TV talking about the concert being interrupted by a power surge that destroyed Carnegie Hall. So she's saying at it. Yeah. Okay, got it. 
That was we confusing. don't get to see any of that. <laughs> that seems like a weird choice. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was very confused. I was convinced that this was happening, like this was before the concert happened and the, and the hall had been destroyed before he could have his concert. But That's what I thought too. <laughs> no, no. It wasn't until it cut to him sulking and and the computer said, no, no, the beast half materialized before. I'm like, oh, this happened during the concert. Got it. Why does it need electricity to materialize? I don't know. The power is magic? <laughs> it has to be plugged in. <laughs> has to be, I don't know. I also love how there's Town, which is – or Ohm City. Again, I forget which one it is. I'm going to go with Town now because why not? Obviously, it's like must be a power plant place because it's named Ohmtown. But they have Nuke York. Why isn't it like a pun of like, oh, it's Lost Angeles or something? Right. <laughs> anyway, uh, so they got to go back to Ohmtown to have a concert again where they get enough power. So – Back to Omtown and the Zeppelin. Does it do the little map thing where it shows them traveling? No. Instead, <laughs> I, actually, I wish it done that. Instead, what it does is we have a music video intermission, I guess, for Mock to sing his song, which is by Lou Reed and named I Am Mock. <laughs> I thought they went with the obvious there. Do you want to know the lyrics, Danielle? I'm going to ask you that every sure. time. Sure. <laughs> it goes, my name is Mock. Thanks a lot. I know you love the thing I've got. You've never seen the likes of me. Why, I'm the biggest thing since World War III. And, and then he goes, girls. And then uh, the backup dentists go, his name is Mock. Thanks a lot. You think he's acting, but he's not. <laughs> and it goes on like that. <laughs> Amazing. Top not work. <laughs> Can you imagine if every band had their own theme song? Why not? <laughs> it's like, hey, hey, we're the monkeys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is basically Mock. Hey, hey, I'm the Mock. <laughs> So good. Like more bands should do theme songs. Anyway, Mock wakes up. It was all a dream, I guess. He was dreaming his own music video. Uh, whatever. <laughs> They're in the middle of the trip back. On the you Zeppelin. don't dream your own music videos? <laughs> you, you That's do? not something you do. Of course I do, Sam. What are you talking about? Oh, I didn't. Well, what are your what are your music video dreams like, Danielle? I'd love to know. Nope, not going to tell you. They're mine. They're secret. So the one time I asked to hear your dream, you don't want to tell me, but you'll tell me about every other freaking dream you have about wandering through a house for 20 minutes. That's not true. I haven't told you about my dreams recently. <laughs> you were unconscionable. <laughs> it's good for what you. What would your theme song even be, Danielle? Uh, hey, hey, I'm Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. Did I can do something like, my name is Mock. Thanks a lot. I to thank people for knowing your name. <laughs> Asking your name? I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know why he's thinking them. Because it rhymes. <laughs> yeah, that's, but that's obviously that's the reason. <laughs> so, cut to Angel, who is sadly playing a giant gold piano in her room in the Zeppelin. Oh, poor Angel. When Mock shows up, and then she starts like telling Mock that she can't resist him anymore. Forget the concert. Nothing else matters. It's like massaging him. He's like, nothing else matters. Just us. Let's, let's forget the concert. Let's cancel. Let's just do our go away to, to Fiji or something. Woo-hoo. Mock plays along for like half a second, but then like sees through her subterfuge immediately and is like, nope, that's not going to work on me. I know your game. And she's like, well, fine. I'm not going to sing for you. And since it's only my voice that matters, no concert, blah, blah, blah. I mean, she has a fair point. <laughs> yeah, she does. She has all the leverage here and Mock has let all his leverage go. That's <laughs> his own problem. Mock storms out in a tantrum. And asks the roller henches to set up the concert at the power station and to drug Angel and wire her to the circuit board. So, what's, what's the plan? How is he going to get her to sing? By drugging her and wiring her to the circuit board. <laughs> That's not how you sing. 
And at this point, I'd be so concerned that he wants me to sing that I just wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, she knows the whole plan. She overheard the whole, like, summon the beast thing from the computer in the vent. She knows yep. what's going on. Wild. But it, we'll get to that. This is a live trolley problem. She just needs to not sing. Yeah. So we cut back to Omar and the crew singing a very, like, creepily upbeat version of their first song. Like, oh, we love hometown. Everything's great. And they're clearly still in their happy-go-lucky brain frog-induced psychosis, hypnosis. I don't know. And the rat MC is there and is not impressed. He's like, what happened to the duo? I thought you were a duo. And then the MC gets news that he's been asked to MC the concert that Mock is putting on at the power plant. So I guess he's the only MC in hometown. <laughs> it's only one. Why does he think they're a duo? He heard them sing on stage, but they were not a duo. Because with the member, he's like, oh, yeah, who's yeah, the they, singer? Yeah, they decided they were a duo then, but he doesn't actually ever heard them sing together. Yeah, but apparently that's the whole thesis of the movie, Daniel. Okay, sure. It will save them after all. So we cut to the concert. Mock comes flying in on a bat-like aircraft that also has like a pipe organ, electric pipe organ on it, because <laughs> rock and roll, baby. <laughs> is he playing the pipe organ while they're yeah, flying yeah. in? <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Angel is chained up in a skimpy outfit with some contraption on her neck that makes her sing some kind of gibberish. She needs to look sexy while she's destroying the world. Wouldn't you? <laughs> Just curious. <laughs> she's wearing like this like like not like a toga but like it's like a backless like slip <laughs> <laughs> okay and so it's just some gibberish the lyrics i'm gonna tell you the lyrics because i just feel obligated <laughs> tay jath wa juas paws 3d b ta twas tay cha ho ha si ah ta are you sure it doesn't mean anything backwards uh it definitely does not because <laughs> then it goes sure. I may Turk tie has ooh. <laughs> Clearly, she sings it better. <laughs> <laughs> There's a laser show going on while she's singing that makes a pentagram, and Mock calls for more power from the roller henches. So they raise a lightning rod out of the power station to gather more power from a convenient lightning storm. No, well, that's it's convenient. Just when they needed one. Yeah, it's great. Meanwhile, lights across the city start exploding, and then Omar and the band get shocked through their electrical instruments like their amps, and it snaps them out of it. Hey, they're back! Hey, that was easy. They see a poster for Mock's show with Angel, and Omar is convinced that Angel is into Mock because of the deception. An audience? I think you want... He's a showman, Daniel. He wants an audience. <laughs> like, why would you... Because bring... he wants him to witness the power of his magic! Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. <laughs> I don't know. So, Omar is, like, convinced that Angel is into him, but Dizzy's like, forget your eyes, follow your heart, Omar. You know that's not true. We have to go save her. And so they steal the cop car again to go after her. <laughs> the same cop car? Same cop car. Same cop's car, even. Terrible. So as they race to the concert, the beast begins to materialize in the pentagram star. It's like a, like a portal opened, and it's like crawling out. It's this sort of amorphous blob that changes shape, and it's all teeth and claws. And it sings Pain and Suffering by Iggy Pop. I mean, isn't that what all demons sing when they come out? And Danielle, I'm excited to share these lyrics with you. <laughs> Pain and suffering turn things to blood. A power floats upside down in a river of mud. A skull of a goat makes love to you. You're my doll, a pet who meows. And blood and hate, the blood that's everywhere. Suffering, I am terminating this world. I'm your father now. No more shelter, no more fun. Human race, you're going to writhe now. <laughs> I am angry. A tall building fell on daddy. It feels like just a string of sentences put together. Correct. I also love how it ends. A tall building fell on daddy. Like, what is this? Dr. Seuss's hop on pop? 
Amazing. So good. Iggy Pop, genius. <laughs> so the band all bursts in just as the summoning finishes, and the giant monster materializes and scoops up some audience member with its tongue to eat them. Mm, tasty. Mach is delighted. He is having just the best time. He cries, my vengeance! Vengeance um, against what? <laughs> yes, thank you. And I have no idea what he wants vengeance for? He's declining record sales? I don't know. Bonkers. His motivations are all over the map. This, this whole story would make so much more sense if you just gave him a reason. Give him one reason. Just one. He's, just one solitary. They give him like four reasons, none of which make sense. He wants to demonstrate his magic. He wants power. He wants to destroy the world. He wants vengeance. What? <laughs> If they just took the vengeance part of it out, it would make more sense because then he's just power hungry or whatever wants to rule the world. Yeah, no, but like it's unclear if he wants to rule the world or destroy it. So there you go. So the beast materializes, is about to kill Angel when Omar lets out this rocking wail and cuts her free with his guitar. How's guitar can cut chains <laughs> or whatever? But it doesn't matter. Magic. He then stands in a power stance and faces the beast down. He is immediately attacked, but just before he's hit, one of the roller henches gets in the way. So this requires some backtracking, Daniel. I left this part out because I didn't think it mattered. But during the Zeppelin ride, one of the henches is watching a children's show. And it's all like, can you tell good from evil, boys and girls? <laughs> and it's like, is this man being kind to the cow or evil to the cow? And it's like this whole thing. And the, the hench is like asking Mock, hey, Mock, are we evil? Because he says it's bad to be evil. And Mock's like... No, 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 no. We're not evil. Good and evil, they're all relative. We're good. But now he's like, oh, they're evil. This is why he just steps in front of Omar to save him. It Got wasn't it. just out of nowhere. He, he didn't lose control of his roller skates. <laughs> no. That'd be much funny if he's like, roll, lost his roller skates and rolled in front of him by accident. But no, he's flipped because he doesn't want to be evil. So he dies in the arms of his brother, and the brother is super mad that his brother got killed by the beast. Right. Also, Omar was knocked out. Angel is leaning over him, trying to get him back up. Mock is still delighted and laughing his butt off. What stops the demon from killing all of everybody, including well, Mock? Can you not kill the one that raises you? I don't know what Mock has in terms of control, but he's magic, so maybe he has some control to exert over the beast. Will it kill Angel? Angel is technically yeah. the thing that opened his portal to let him she out. She was just an ingredient. Okay. Mock is the pop. I don't know, Danielle. <laughs> just, just checking. It's like the human sacrifice, sure. Maybe it'll run amok and kill Mock. Hey. Hey, run amok. There you go. So Angel decides that if she can sing it up, she can sing it back. So she gets up and faces it. Omar comes to and calls her back. She's like, no, don't do that. And she's like, I got to. I got to try. Trust me. And so she begins to sing the song she sang at the beginning of the movie, like a reprise. And the beast starts reacting like it's tendrils, like the, the goo that's trying to like grab her, like retreats from her, like it's in pain. And then Omar joins her in a duet, which seems to be having an effect. And Mach is unhappy. He's like, no, how can this be happening? You know, magic song, dude. You should have guessed this the power of harmony. Yeah, that's all it needed, <laughs> harmony. So Mach calls for the beast to destroy them, but it's too late. The beast is sent back down through the portal, and then the roller hench is there, and he like picks up Mach and throws him down the closing portal in revenge for his brother. Mach is defeated. The crowd cheers Angel and Omar. The rat MC shows up on the stage to take credit for getting those two kids back together, and they continue singing their song as the camera zooms out, the sun rises, 
credits. Wild. Rock and rule, baby. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> that is a crazy but I don't understand the, the reason why music would help that at all. That is never explained well. Music resonates with the Armageddon key. Yes. Sure. <laughs> That's that's literally like all I got with the resonance of her voice. It's and even if it like lets out the demon, why does it then put it back? Just because two people sing together? Because magic of love, Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> one heart, one voice, one song. But we haven't established that they even love each other. <laughs> I think the movie has made that pretty clear. They're singing a love song together. Don't all people who sing duets and love songs love each other? No. <laughs> mm, I think you're wrong. <laughs> I had movie canon. <laughs> Crazy. So that's the cult classic animated feature film, Rock and Rule. Cannot recommend it highly enough if you want something bonkers that's not quite as grotesque as Heavy Metal. Yeah, it didn't make me not want to watch it. <laughs> you should. The music is fun, and the visuals definitely complement the soundtrack in a great way. Like, that was short, but that's because most of the movie is music video, basically. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Anyway, Mox plan did not work out, but now there's a new set of super rockers to take over the mantle, I guess. What's the plan? Like, only, the, I mean, is word just going to spread that Mock summoned a demon and tried to destroy everybody, so nobody's going to like him anymore? Also, the demon did eat some people. They're dead, right? <laughs> so it seems after the demon is banished, they're all just singing and cheering that maybe there's a not the time for a rock show after everyone in the audience was almost murdered and some actually were. But <laughs> there's like people sobbing over their dead relatives and they're like and they're singing like, their love song on stage. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. That's, that's it. So incongruous. Oh, anyway, I'm so glad I can share that with you, Danielle. It's been on my list for a while. You have quite the list. I try to maintain a list, Danielle, because uh, I run out of things and I panic. <laughs> Had you seen this before or? No. It's new? I, I, I planned to say, I'm like, I'll wait for the podcast. It'll be good. <laughs> Uh, well, if anyone out there can explain to us the reason for Mox anything, any of his plan, <laughs> why, like where his magic powers came from, why he wants to summon a demon, why are all the people rats and dogs and cats, then please let us know. Reach out to us at bookretorts.com. You can also tweet Instagram or Facebook us at bookreport at bookretorts. And if you want to help us start our own record label so we can summon demons, you can do so at <laughs> patreon.com slash bookretorts. That's what we're doing. <laughs> Why don't you start a record label, Shh, Don't Daniel? tell anybody. <laughs> no, tell everyone. It'd be great. Demons for everyone. You get a demon and you get a demon. Everyone demons gets a demon. All. <laughs> well, until next time, keep on rocking. Hey. Bye. Bye, everybody. Take care. find some of those songs for you hot dogs and sushi you're gonna enjoy this what does this song mean <laughs> it doesn't have to mean anything it's just 
is. My next one that played after was O oh, Fortuna Reverence Remix. <laughs> that's that's more you, Danielle, I think, than, <laughs> than anything. Okay. Uh, before we get to that, I got to show you another music video from Rock and Rule. Yes, I know you know so the song good. O oh, Fortuna. <laughs> oh, Fortuna is so good. 